0: Episode 12 of The Flaming Jewel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit librivox.org. The Flaming Jewel by Robert W. Chambers. Episode 12, Her Highness Intervenes. 1. Toward noon the wind changed and about 1 o'clock it began to snow. Eve, exhausted, lay on the sofa in her bedroom. Her stepfather lay on a table in the dance hall below, covered by a sheet from his own bed, and beside him sat Trooper Stormont, waiting. It was snowing heavily when Mr. Lycan, the little undertaker from Ghost Lake, arrived with several assistants, a casket and what he called swell trimmings. Long ago Mike Clinch had selected his own mortuary site and had driven a section of iron pipe into the ground on a ferny knoll overlooking Star Pond. In explanation, he grimly remarked to Eve that after death he preferred to be planted where he could see that old Herod's ghost didn't trespass. Here two of Mr. Lycan's able assistants dug a grave while the digging was still good. For if Mike Clinch was to lie underground that season, there might be need of haste. No weather prophet ever having successfully forecast Adirondack weather. Eve, exhausted by shock and a sleepless night, was spared the more harrowing details of the coroner's visit and the subsequent jaunty activities of Mr. Lichen and his efficient assistants. She had managed to dress herself in a black woolen gown, intending to watch by Mike, but Stormont's blunt authority prevailed, and she laid down for an hour's rest. The hour lengthened many hours. The girl slept heavily on her sofa under blankets laid over her by Stormont. All that dark, snowy day she slept, mercifully unconscious of the proceedings below. In its own mysterious way the news penetrated the wilderness, and out of the desolation of forest and swamp and mountain drifted the people who somehow existed there, a few shy, half-wild young girls, a dozen silent, lank men, two or three of Clinch's own people, who stood silently about in the falling snow and lent a hand whenever requested one long-shanked youth cut hemlock to line the grave others erected a little fence of silver birch around it making the enclosure a plot a gaunt old woman from god knows where aided mr lichen at intervals a pretty sulky-eyed girl with her sloven red-headed sister cooked for anybody who desired nourishment when mike was ready to hold the inevitable reception everybody filed into the dance hall mr lichen was master of ceremonies trooper stormont stood very tall and straight by the head of the casket clinch wore a vague undefinable smile in his best clothes the same smile which had so troubled jose quintana light was fading fast in the room when the last visitor took silent leave of clinch and rejoined the groups in the kitchen where the funeral baked meats eve still slept descending again from his reconnaissance trooper Stormont encountered trooper lannis below has anybody picked up quintana's tracks inquired the former not so far an inspector and two state game protectors are out beyond al marsh the troopers from five lakes are on the job and we have enforcement men along drowned valley from the scour to harrod place does Dara know yes he's in there with mike he brought a lot of flowers from harrod place the two troopers went into the dance hall where Dara was arranging the flowers from his greenhouses stormont said quietly all right jim but eve must not know that they came from harrods How is she, Jack? All in. Do you know the story? Yes. Mike went into Drown Valley early last evening after Quintana. He didn't come back. Before dawn this morning, Eve located Quintana, set a bear trap for him, and caught him with the goods. What goods? demanded Dara sharply. Well, she got his pack and found Mike's watch and jewelry in it. What jewelry? The jewels Quintana was after, but that was after she would arrived at the dump, here, leaving Quintana to get free from the trap and beat it. That's how I met her, half crazed, going to find Quintana again. We'd found Mike in Drowned Valley and were bringing him out when I ran into Eve. I brought her back here and called Ghost Lake. They haven't picked up Quintana's track so far. After a silence, Too bad this snow came so late, remarked Trooper Lannis, but we ought to get Quintana anyway. Dara went over and looked silently at Mike Clinch. I like you, he said under his breath. It wasn't your fault, and it wasn't mine, Mike. I'll try to square things. Don't worry. He came back slowly to where Stormont was standing near the door. Jack, he said, you can't marry Eve on a trooper's pay. Why not quit and take over the Herod estate? You and I can go into business together later if you like. After a pause, that's rather wonderful, of Jim, said Stormont, but you don't know what sort of businessman I'd make. I know what sort of officer you make. I'm taking no chance, and I'll make my peace with Eve, or somebody will do it for me. Is it settled, then? Thanks, said Trooper Stormont, reddening. They clasped hands. Then Stormont went about and lighted the candles in the room. Clinch's face, again revealed, was very faintly amused at something or other. The dead have much to be amused at. As Dara was about to go, Stormont said, We're burying Clinch at eleven tomorrow morning. The Ghost Lake pilot officiates. "'I'll come if it won't upset Eve,' said Dara. "'She won't notice anybody, I fancy,' remarked Stormont. He stood by the veranda and watched Dara take the lake trail through the snow. Finally the glimmer of his swinging lantern was lost in the woods, and Stormont mounted the stairs once more, stood silently by Eve's open door, realized she was still heavily asleep, seated himself on a chair outside her door to watch and wait. All night long it snowed hard over the star-pond country, and the late gray light of morning revealed a blinding storm pelting a white-robed world. Toward ten o'clock, Stormont on Garve noticed Eve was growing restless. Downstairs, the flotsam of the forest had gathered again. Mr. Lycan was there in black gloves. The Reverend Laomi Smatter had arrived in a sleigh from Ghost Lake. Both were breakfasting heavily. The pretty, sulky-faced girl fetched a tray and placed Eve's breakfast on it. Trooper Stormont carried it to her room. She was awake when he entered. He set the tray on the table. She put both arms around his neck. "'Jack!' she murmured, her eyes tremulous with tears. "'Everything has been done,' he said. "'Will you be ready by eleven? I'll come for you.' She clung to him in silence for a while. At eleven he knocked on her door. She opened it. She wore her black wool gown and a black fur turban some of her power remained traces of tears and bluish smears under both eyes but her voice was steady could i see dad a moment alone of course she took his arm they descended the stairs there seemed to be many people about but she did not lift up her eyes until her lover led her into the dance hall where clinch lay smiling his mysterious smile then stormont left her alone there and closed the door in a terrific snowstorm, they buried Mike Clinch on the spot he had selected, in order that he might keep a watchful eye upon the trespassing ghost of Old Man Herod. It blew and stormed and stormed, and the thin nasal voice of Reverend Smatter was utterly lost in the wind. The slanting lances of snow drove down on the casket, building a white mound over the flowers, blotting the hemlock boughs from sight. There was no time to be lost now. The ground was freezing under a veering and bitter wind out of the west. Mr. Lycan's talented assistants had some difficulty in shaping the mound which Snow had began to make into a white and flawless monument. The last slab of the spade rang with a metallic jar across the lake where Snow already blotted the newly forming film of ice. The human denizens of the wilderness filtered back into it one by one. Rev. Smatter got into his sleigh, plainly concerned about the road. Mr. Lycan betrayed unprofessional haste in loading his wagon and his talented assistants in starting for Ghost Lake. A game protector or two put on snowshoes when they departed. Trooper Lannis led out his horse and Snormonts and got into the saddle. "'I'd better get the beast into Ghost Lake while I can,' he said. "'You'll follow on snowshoes, won't you, Jack?' "'I don't know. I made it a sleigh for Eve. She can't remain here all alone. I'll telephone the inn.' Dara, in blanket outfit, a pair of snowshoes on his back— a rifle in his mitten hand came trudging up from the lake he and stormont watched lannis riding away with the two horses he'll make it all right but it's time he started said the latter darrow nodded some storm where's eve in a room what is she going to do jack marry me as soon as possible.